Make sure all seats are in the upright position and trays are put away before we take off. Welcome to episode 43 of the Global Connected Aircraft Podcast. I'm your host, Woodrow Bellamy III. Today is Friday, October 9th, and on today's podcast, we will be featuring a presentation given by Peter Scaves, who is the Chief Scientific and Technical Advisor for Advanced Avionics for the Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA. Scaves was actually one of two regulatory presentations given during the recent Cabin Chats program presented by our Global Connected Aircraft Summit, which is still available on our Aircraft Summit website, gcasummit.com. His presentation focuses on aircraft information system uh, security protection policy guidance and industry standards that address cybersecurity attacks against connected aircraft systems. So Scaves also gives a brief summary of what the FAA is researching and developing right now to help give airlines more guidance on how to protect their connected aircraft systems. This presentation was actually suggested as a topic by our Commercial Airline and Aerospace Industry Advisory Board for the Global Connected Aircraft Summit. One of the pending items in development for the FAA right now that Scaves actually discusses is an advisory circular that will officially recognize some of the Radio Technical Commission for Aeronautics, RTCA, standards that are currently used as unofficial standards for aircraft systems information security protection on transport category airplanes or commercial airliners. Once that circular is published, those standards will become officially recognized by the FAA. This was a very informative presentation that Scaves gave, and I hope that all of our listeners really get, uh, you know, learn something from this regarding cyber resiliency for connected aircraft systems. That has been one of the topics that's really been consistently uh, sort of generated a lot of engagement for attendees for our live connected aircraft summit in recent years. So let's get into the presentation given by Peter Scaves. Chief Scientific and Technical Advisor for Advanced Avionics for the FAA during the recent Cabin Chats 2020 program. Okay, so I'm Peter Scaves, and basically I'm, I'm an old timer. I've been doing this for a long time. My background is um, electrical engineering and electronics, and I'm, I have a lot of expertise in how computers data buses and software work in airplanes. <clears throat> so I'm gonna talk about today is the electronic aspects of security. But before I do that, I just wanted to mention that there's so many elements of security between physical security, um, badging, the airport security, uh, making sure the planes are uh, safeguarded, people can't break into the airplanes. Uh, we have cockpit doors that are secure. So, so the FAA itself working with Department of Homeland Security and the Transportation and Security Administration, TSA, and the FBI, we do all aspects of security, um, but today we're gonna to be focusing in on electronics. So a lot of times you hear the terminology of safety versus security, and you know what's the difference and what does it mean? So if the airplane or the system is safe, 
then we don't want the airplane to have some kind of vulnerabilities that would cause accidents and harm the world or harm people. And so basically in the past, we were focusing mostly on safety and we really weren't focused on intentional cybersecurity attacks and physical attacks, but the world has changed. So now when we talk about security, we wanna make sure that the world cannot harm the systems or cannot harm the airplane. So now we have to do like um, Cyril was talking about additional rulemaking and we have to address um, how to handle those, those problems. So in this presentation, we're basically talking about electronic connectivity to internal and external aircraft systems and networks. Um, we believe that's the greatest threat. We've published a lot of stuff over the last 15 years, policy statements, special conditions, issue papers. Um, I have quite a library of information that's available to the airlines or anyone. So I can get into a lot of specifics on papers I published, other presentation materials, um, and going into more detail. Here we only have uh, you know a few minutes to talk about this. So if people are interested, just send me an email and I can forward you a whole bunch of stuff if you're interested. So the obvious thing is, is that hacking the internet, if my laptop or my smartphone or my home computer is connected to the internet, and, and most of the devices we have are designed to be remoted into, if I have internet connectivity, then I'm vulnerable. Um, airplane systems do not have direct connectivity to the internet. So there is no internet path in the, in the airplanes to affect the displays or flight guidance and control, although some airplanes do have internet for the entertainment systems. So if you think about it, it's a little bit frightening if you do have this worldwide internet connectivity. So when we're using our smartphones, home computers, or doing our banking, um, people anywhere in the world, if they're devious, um, they can access us from China, from Russia, Argentina, any country you can think of. So there is tremendous vulnerability. And the reason why the airplanes have had really good success on information protection so far is we don't have this internet connection to the aircraft systems. Just another picture over here showing that we do have aircraft connectivity in some airplanes um, to the entertainment systems or for people to bring their laptops on board and they can do their business and their emails and their internet. Uh, we take tremendous care to make sure that that internet connection to your laptops or the entertainment systems, we take tremendous care to make sure there's no physical way that can propagate the ship's avionics. So if you take a look over at this particular airplane diagram over here, as we look at physical access, electronic access, and you can come over here and you can look at the engines and you can look at fuel contamination, you can see there's a tremendous amount of work being done by Airbus and Boeing and Bombardier and, and Honeywell and Rockwell Collins and General Electric to come over here and systematically go through all these things and review all the access points and one by one lock them down and make sure they're secure. The reason why I'm showing you the Boeing 787 flight deck is like on your typical smartphone, you probably have hundreds if not thousands of programs but you're not really keeping track of them um, in a very 
configuration control way. And so if you take a look at a 787, it literally has 14 million lines of software code. It has 2.3 million parts, anywhere from having fasteners to parts of fuselage. And if you come over here, it's got probably about over 500 different computer programs um, operating in here. So one of the reasons when you look at this diagram over here is that every part in the airplane, every software part has a unique electronic identifier. And the only time that we can load up these software parts is on a maintenance action when the planes are parked at the gate. And once the maintenance action is done, the hardware interlocks are not available from any additional software updates. So you have to come over here and have electronic controls, part numbers. So if someone were to come over here and try to take malware, worms and viruses, and malware, worms and viruses are just another name for a software program that would execute. So what I would tell you is there's no headroom, there's no space, there's no, no room for you to come over here and put rogue programs on these displays or anywhere in the airplane. There's no physical way you can do that. The biggest harm would be at the factory where these software is developed to begin with. And then we have a whole bunch of safeguards for that. So these systems are essentially locked down. And then the other thing that we have basically is, is that half the software in the airplane of these 14 million lines of software code I was talking about are doing continuously monitoring of the software and hardware components to make sure that they're operational. And if the hardware or software computer parts fail for any reason, um, they're, they're <clears throat> notified to the crew, they're mitigated, they're addressed, and there's backup upon backup systems in here. So by regulation, you have to know the configuration control of the airplane at all times under all conditions. And this is a slide that I basically was just talking to over here. And, and so that's just for your information you can have later on. I'm just gonna hit the highlights of the slides. And then we have this thing called um, notional domains. And no aircraft is really exactly built this way, but we break it down by aircraft control. We have airline information services for communication, passenger entertainment, and the laptops. Um, so, so basically what we do when, during flight test uh, sometimes uh, we'll bring in a couple hundred laptops during the flight test and we'll power them on and we purposely try to have interference on aircraft computers. And so there's a lot of isolation and separation of these systems. So I mentioned the field loadable software already. Um, basically what happens is that every part has a unique software identifier. Uh, there's no direct internet connection to the computers to load the software. It's done by a thing called the intranet, which is a closed network from a maintenance laptop or in the bowels of the airplane. And so, so, so basically there's no way once the software is loaded and the interlocks are gone that you can affect the software of the airplane. And this is a slide that I've already talked to about the computer integrity checks, uh, maintenance checks. If you think about it, if you have, it's like your automobile, when you power it on your car, you see the engine check lights going on. Um, there'll be some checks for the oil indication. So without having 100% checking of all these systems, 
and enunciating that to the maintenance people and the flight crew, it would be impossible to come over here and actually make these parts and airplanes safe. So one of the things is people say, well, why do we even want to come over here and have connectivity and all this? And so I want to show you that there's economic benefits and safety benefits of a thing called electronic flight bag. So if you come over here, here's the connectivity. They're showing the first officer, the captain. Um, you're showing that you have to come over here and have access to the airline operations center. So there's connectivity. But the reason why we do it, if you look, um, before the electronic flight bags, the flight crew was bringing in about 40 pounds of paper products. Um, they have emergency checklists in the past that were done on paper. You can see now, if I, it's kind of cumbersome, and then how do you make sure that every airplane and all the pilots have up-to-date information? So if I come to the next slide and you see this display now, where I took all those charts, all that paperwork, all that 40 pounds, and I have an electronic, I know what the configuration control is of all my airplanes at the same time, and the crew can come over here and much easier access the information than trying to reach down into this giant briefcase and pull out paper products. So in-flight entertainment systems, yeah, so the, the, sometimes from a selfish standpoint, I would like to not even have in-flight entertainment system connectivity because it always begs the question to make sure how secure they really are. But for people that are flying that need the business aspects, they want to stay connected to their companies, or for people on long flights that simply want to pass the time, uh, we have connectivity. And the reason why we have connectivity is, is that we don't want to come over and have to build additional antennas and additional computer systems where we could readily share the information already. So on an in-flight entertainment system in the back, there are no security controls in the seat backs that are required to prevent people breaking into that and affecting airplane computer systems. If somebody breaks into the seat back, they can damage the IFE equipment, and they've done that in the past, or they can damage the connectivity between the seats, but they have no path to go into ship's avionics. And so some of the interfaces that we have are GPS, satellite communications. It's very, very limited, and it's only read-only. And so, so these are the things that we have. And so, so just to summarize, we don't rely on any security controls embedded in entertainment systems to protect the airplane. They're in the electrical electronic equipment bay. And if you want to know what that is, if you look underneath where the pilots sit in the bowels of the airplane, this is a snapshot of some of the computers that you have. So the only way that a hacker or a bad guy or a bad person could access the airplane is going down the hatch. And then if you look over here, they would have to have expert knowledge in trying to come over here and cause problems. They would be more likely to wanting to just cut cables and, and pull information. So the protection is in a place where the hackers don't have access as you would think that they might have in the passenger compartment because the controls are here. And then this is just a slide that just says what I just told you again. Physical access to the eBay is required to compromise airplane systems and networks from IFE equipment. 
And then here's just some documents. Um, several was mentioning the ASA rulemaking and the FAA and the ASA pretty well harmonized. Uh, these are United States documents that we're going to be using for compliance. And the Europeans have a European document equivalence to those three RTCA documents. And that's what we're going to use going forward. And that's my 15 minutes. I hope you found it somewhat uh, useful. With that, back to you, Woodrow. So that brings us to the end of this episode. As always, please subscribe to us on Apple's podcast app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Woodrow Bellamy III. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Global Connected Aircraft Podcast.